0: Hi everybody. What you're about to hear is a 20-minute preview of the simply syndicated show Shaken Not Stirred. It's all about Bond films. That's why it's called Shaken Not Stirred. You see what we did there? It's ever so clever. Anyway, it's a great show. We love doing it a lot and there's loads of episodes of this show. We're going to do at least one per Bond film. This is just a preview of one of the shows. If you want to hear the whole thing, go on over to simplysyndicated.com. That's where we live slash shows slash shaken not stirred there's menus and everything you'll figure it out and there you can see that you can buy all the episodes or you can sign up to simply everything which just costs a couple of quid a month and gives you access to everything we make if you like James Bond films you'll probably like some of the other stuff we do some of it's free and you can just download it enjoy that that's great that's yours but some of it you just pay a little bit for okay so but it's supposed to be good that's the point. So there's no ads in it either. That's also kind of. I'm just rambling now. Listen to the show. It's we think it's good. So have fun. Hello, welcome to shaken not stirred. I'm Rich, and this is Nick. Hello. Don't get us mixed up. We're here to talk about Goldfinger, the third James Bond film starring Sean Connery... Uh, her. Starring Sean, Sean Connery. Words are gone now. We, we're in trouble. Uh, released <laughs> in 1964, directed by Guy Hamilton. This yes, is again? Again. Because they'd only done three at this point.
1: Yeah, it, so they're stuck with the same direct. I mean... You don't get that these days, do you? Apart from a a trilogy of films, like, you know, Nolan did the Batman films, but he knew that was three films.
0: I I still think that's a rarity, though, isn't it? Even with Nolan and the Batman films, because you didn't have... Right, hang on. Now you're forcing me to do a
1: Google search for movie (laughs) trilogies. Jeez, I'm just looking through his IMDb. Guy Hamilton did loads of them. He did loads of them. He did "Diamonds Are Forever," "Live and Let Die," the first two as well. Yeah, that's that's it.
0: Am um, I? You see, the X Men films—they weren't all the same guy. No, all the Harry Potters were different people. I think the same guy did the last
1: three, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. That must about, have been a cushy job. Yeah, it's all written for you. The president has been set.
0: Exactly. You just need to film it, really. Um. So I, I, don't know. I think nowadays it's quite rare that somebody does. Mind you, they
1: didn't. Do you see- know what? What? Sorry, I've, I've, we're wrong. Terence wrong. Terence Young did the first two. So this is the first Guy Hamilton one.
0: Oh God, that is a major gaff, isn't it? Isn't it? That that is terrible. I'm so glad you you realised that before we really got into this, because that would have been terrible. So, in fact, there you go. There's an example of a trilogy at this point directed by two different people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sit down and, and plan Dr. No and go, so we're going to make 25 of these. They didn't do that. Whereas now, no. I think Hollywood is looking for things where they can go, we're going to make six of these <laughs> and, and and whatever. I mean, they're, they're all looking for the next Harry Potter, aren't they? Which they is, are, yeah. Which is why we've got Hunger Games and had Twilight and that sort of thing and there's a few i'm noticing that are from series of children's books um i think that's a lot what's giving a lot of weight to them possibly making the dark tower series of books Mm. which would be awesome but uh, because there's like seven of them so you've already got the next load of movies sorted anyway what about
1: what about the um the narnia films were they the same person i seriously doubt it i didn't see a single one you know did you not? I saw the first one, I quite enjoyed it. The
0: definitive version of the, the Narnia stories is the BBC. BBC. And that's yep. really all there is to it, isn't it? I mean... It looks horrible these days. Oh, I know. I saw it when it came <laughs> out on DVD a few years ago. It's horrific. Wow. Uh, but no, no, they'll never do better than that. You can throw all the money and special effects at it you want. In fact, I think that makes it harder to beat. Clearly, because watching but it, Liam
1: Neeson is... Uh, is um, uh, I was gonna say Sauron then. What's the what's the line? Aslan. Called? Aslan. Liam Neeson's Aslan. That's a that's a good that's a good cast there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. But do you remember when when we first saw Aslan in Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe? How mm. amazed we all were at that lion. I know. It was it, how is that not a real lion we're seeing? Surely they've <laughs> trained a lion to speak. <laughs> and the whole everyone was just amazed by it. And now it, it looks horrific.
1: It's an animatronic
0: puppet, isn't it?: Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Well, it was for nineteen whenever the hell it came out.
1: It would have been the eighties, surely. I don't know that
0: seems early. I don't yeah, it will have been actually, because I remember we were reading the books at school at the same time, and that didn't happen at secondary school.:
1: Should we talk 1988. about 1988 was the line in which the right. Um, which is way after 1964, which is when Goldfinger came. It out. is good segue there. Thanks. I'm the, struggling.
0: Okay. <laughs> one thing that became clear for me when we were watch when I was rewatching this again, they, I must admit, Goldfinger seems to be the one that they play on Sky Movies 007
1: more than any other. It's the one they always play. It's I think it's probably the the most famous one. It's the most quotable. I think definitely.
0: Um, and so. I feel like I've seen it 200 times in the last six months or so. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's that's really evident, when, when you're watching it with an analytical eye, so to mm. speak, it's clear that this was the one that kicked off the next 20 in yeah. terms of style and stereotypical James Bond-esque content. This,
1: yeah. The, I've I, in, my, in my notes, I've written down that this is the start of, you know, the catchphrase, the start of the the scene where he orders his drink at the start of you know it's it it starts a lot of the the trends that, that happen in the next few films
0: if it was a tv show we'd say this is when it grew its beard yes because um, that's that's the for those of you not in the know that's a reference to star trek the next generation when riker grows his beard the the show gets good and so it's kind of known that when a show grows its
1: beard that's when it really gets going and, and we'll let you know as well when we reach uh, the films that jump the shark.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the next thing, isn't it? When Fonzie jumped over the shark on his motorcycle. That was too much for that show then, rather famously. There's a whole website devoted to listing when different shows jump the shark. I've got to find that and bookmark I, I, I think it's jumptheshark.com. Is it? I don't think there's a lot of searching involved.
1: The silence it is. You're hearing the shark. is where we're both <laughs> typing in jumptheshark.com. No, no, it's, it, that takes me to TV Guide and a load of pop-ups. Thanks, Rich.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Oh, I bet they bought it. There's a picture of a massive woman grinning at me on <laughs> yes, it.
1: Yes, I know.
0: She's enormous. Oh, well.
1: Jumptheshark.co.uk. I think that's it. Yeah, it's jumptheshark.co.uk. Right.
0: We've slammed it. It won't load for me. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what, all two visitors. I'm, I'm worried that my uh, <laughs> connection is down. No, I can still hear you. It's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. Where were we anyway? So, we, uh,
1: right. Goldfinger. Yes. Let's so, start at the beginning and work our way through. Let should we should we talk about who's in it first? Okay, if you like. So this is uh, Sean Connery's Bond. As we said, it's also. Uh, Probably, I would say the most famous characters as well. So you've got the introduction of Pussy Galore in this film, yeah. played by Honor Blackman, and Auric Goldfinger. Everyone always remembers Auric Goldfinger, played by Gert Fraub. who you will
0: otherwise know from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, of course, he is the evil Baron Bombus. Of course, Bombus. I don't. I haven't seen that film for years, but that's who he is.
1: Um, you've also got The Return of Felix Leiter, MQ. Um, odd Jobs in this. Everyone's, everyone's favourite. I think I was watching this, uh, as, I, as I have been with all the others, with my wife. And this one more than any other, she sat there going, oh, that's in Austin Powers, that's in Austin Powers, that's in Austin Powers. Yeah. It's, the, it's the most mimicked one.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Oddjob's a very famous character, and his weapon of choice—yes, which I think—I I think that would be a fabulously ineffective weapon in real life.
1: <laughs> do, do you not think he'd be much better off with like it's a gun? It's almost as ine- ineffective as uh, the the magnetic collars in Wild Wild West.
0: Yeah, it, it's just. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he has a bowler hat, and he can throw it like a frisbee, and it will, it, it, it what, you kind of feel like it's got a sharp blade in the rim. Mm. Is that what it's it is? It's a top
1: hat, it's not a bowler hat. Right. He
0: throws it, and he, he demonstrates its I know power. I it's bowler, so yeah. it a bowler. Yeah, he demonstrates its power, first of all, by throwing it at a statue, and it cuts the head off the statue.
1: But and you look at it, and, and and when when you see that it's got a metal rim, because it lands upside down, you see it's got a metal rim, and you go, but that's just a, a plate of steel. There's nothing sharp about that.
0: Yeah, especially not stone-cutting sharp. No. And, of, of course, what I'm forgetting is he doesn't throw it like a Frisbee. He throws it like a boomerang, because it comes back to him.
1: Because <laughs> it's shaped exactly that way. If
0: you really want to examine movie physics... Try throwing a bowler hat so that it comes back to you.
1: Well, I, th- I think Bond can always uh, have some questions answered about its physics, can't it?
0: It's. I feel that this is one of the more questionable areas, though.
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: I really do. I mean, he throws a bowler hat and it comes back. That you can't do that in real life. You can't throw anything at a statue like that and cut its head off. He cuts. It cuts through it. It's not the rim. Isn't even that big. No. If you had a saw, and a, a big power saw with a blade that big, you still wouldn't be able to cut all the way through the neck of that statue.
1: No. Anyway, so how does it start? It starts, the first thing we see, the pre-title sequence, um, we see Bond coming out of the water. Yes. And he's, got, he's, he's in a, a, a dry suit, not a wetsuit, a dry suit, um, which was mimicked in True Lies, I believe. We,
0: straight away, we're into the, the classic James Bond tropes. With mm. that, the the dry suit that he just opens and, it, and it's a white and tuxedo.
1: The, and the duck on his head as well.
0: Yes. Why have a duck on your head? So you can be close to the surface of the water, but not over the surface of the water. I don't but, know why well,
1: one would need to do that. Why, why a duck, though? Why not just stay under the water? Exactly. it was night stay under the water. You don't need a fake duck on your head. Of course. Um, but it's it's just the way it goes. It's, it's a nice
0: little camouflage thing. So anyway, thing. he comes yeah.
1: out of the water and he goes, he keeps his um, his dry suit on at the, at the moment, doesn't he? Because he's sneaking into a secret base hidden in a silo.
0: It's potentially mucky work, let's be fair.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's hidden in a silo and he's wearing this, this um, black dry suit to be incognito and he goes in um to this silo and uh, sets a bomb on some very very handily placed i know uh, barrels of nitro i uh,
0: i'm just looking at that that scene now and it's what what i find puzzling about it is how nicely done up the rest of the room is I
1: know. There's it's nice very lighting,
0: odd. there's some furniture, some plants, lots of plants, actually. It's <laughs> it's, it's quite a,
1: a well-tended room. Uh, it's almost and- as if they went, yeah, he goes into this secret base and blows it up. And they had no other description than that. And then they came onto the set and went, do you know what? It's a bit empty, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a bit, what have we got? What can we get easily? Well, this- there's a couple of armchairs in the dressing rooms. Yeah, that's what couple they've of, done. A couple of pot
0: plants. There's uh, some chemistry lab equipment set up on one side of the room and, like, five barrels of nitroglycerin, which is just madness. The, I, you wouldn't dare do that. Do you know how volatile nitroglycerin <laughs> really is? Like, t- seriously, I, I've seen someone do the experiment where they put a, literally one drop of nitroglycerin on a piece of blotting paper and hit it with a hammer and the paper explodes. <laughs> that That's how volatile it is. It used to be made um, in, in woodland, away from any of the buildings, and even then they would construct fe- large fences around the factories it was made in, not to keep anyone out, but to stop the factory flying out should there wow. be an accident. It's that volatile. But whoever this is has got five barrels of it just sat in their office. In a silo. In a silo. With that's the there's not even like a proper door. Everyone who goes in and out has crawled through that same hole that James Bond's crawled through
1: that he knew how to open instantly. How did they get the furniture in there? <laughs> they must have built the silo around it. That's the That's, only why, that's why it looks quite dated. <laughs> it's been there for years. No one thought about it. Yeah, they could maybe that's what it was. You know, the silo was built around it. And they went. Oh shit! That's where we need to st- where we need to store the nitroglycerine. We can't get these chairs out. Oh well, it doesn't matter. We're just storing nitroglycerine there. Just leave them.
0: So that's that's what they, they do. Well
1: water the plants whilst they're in there.
0: Yeah. Um, needless so so st- he comes. <laughs>
1: he comes out. He set this bomb, and he comes back out and and goes and joins a party. Now this is another trope of Bond, isn't it? He goes and joins a party, just as an explosion happens. Yeah. And he doesn't bat an eyelid. No, everyone else goes
0: mental, but he doesn't.
1: He knew that it was his. The only one not running away. And in fact, in fact, I'm pretty sure that that happened in from Russia with love as well, didn't it? Hmm. There was a big explosion, and he was the only one not running.
0: Um, it's when he when they uh, when they're getting out of the Russian building with the. What do they call it? The little typewriter thing. And yeah, oh, yeah. That, you're absolutely right. The bomb is set to go off at three o'clock or something. It goes off and everyone goes mental except for him who just stands there for a few <laughs> seconds and then gets on with what he's doing. Yeah, that's what it is. It's guess, showing I that he's
1: cool. Yeah, it's showing that he, he nothing can, can flummox him at all.
0: Because mm. you and I would probably flinch a bit. If wow. A little blew, bit,
1: maybe. Yeah. Probably couldn't be able to hear or see for a while. There, there is that as well.
0: Um, I suppose that depends on how close you are. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. This is, it's worth noting at this point as well. This has nothing to do with the rest of the film. No. And, and this is the this first is the, time. We well, haven't this,
1: even hit the titles yet.
0: No. And so this is the first time this happens as well. Um, the pre credit sequence in Dr. No is the, the guy getting killed that he then mm-hmm. goes and investigates the death of. Yep. Uh, from Russia with love it's oh yeah it's uh, Robert Shaw practicing getting ready to kill Bond and yes. then this yep. started the the idea that you could have just it doesn't have to be relevant to the film it's just a kick just, in the pants to get you going
1: it just shows that he has other missions that he goes on
0: yeah he's got a life you know it should show he's him got like, a, job. What a what
1: an awful job as well from yeah. one death defying mission to another
0: it's why why he gets paid. while he gets paid, and why he's James Bond. He does that. Yes, sir. So. Um,
1: so then he he goes he goes to this party after he set the bomb, and it explodes, and then in, everyone else runs out, and he uh, effectively takes the dancer off and is about to celebrate his success.
0: Of course, because there's always a woman in the bath pleased to see him. <laughs> Yet now people complain about. The, the scene in Skyfall uh, where he gets into the shower with the, the Chinese lady and right. they say it's a bit rapey because you don't see the scene where she goes, hey, would you like to shag in the shower? And he goes, yes. Because it's kind of like he just grabs her. That's what the argument is. I'm not getting into that now. Uh, no. What I'm arguing is that this little bit of footage when he goes to meet this woman is arguably one of the worst things he ever does to a woman in all it's of the so Bond films. So rapey, isn't it? It's not it's so rapey. No, it's not the rapiness I'm getting at. It's when right. he's he's so he's oh yes her. he sees the reflection in her yes. eyes of the man approaching him, and so what does he do? He doesn't just get out of the way of the man who's about to hit him. He holds he uses, her in uh, the way. He uses her as a shield. She gets absolutely nailed by this guy coming to attack him, completely unnecessarily. He could have just oh, thrown that... her out the way and moved. He could have done <laughs> so much,
1: but no. But clearly, clearly she was in on it, though. I think that's what they were trying to get across—that clearly she was in on it, which is why she was distracting him to get uh, bopped over the head by the other guy. That's it's harsh, though, isn't it, man? You know, it is, it, especially for the sixty. I mean, the, the, okay, the world was a lot more misogynistic back in those days, but for a film to. Chuck a woman in harm's way—that's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, for for fun by the hero of the film. Yes, you know, this—he's such an antihero sometimes. Just how he, he is quite fucked up, just in really subtle ways that going mean, past. He's much
1: the- more fucked up in the books than the films. Oh, well, that that's for down. sure But they've—I guess that's their way of trying to carry it across. How fucked up he is in the head. Yeah. Um, it's quite horrible. Um, So so then, yeah, he uses a shield and he's being attacked by this guy and they have a bit of a ruck and he manages to throw this guy into the bath that this woman appeared from where he's also hung his gun at the side of the box. They're about to get busy. Um, And this guy's reaching for his gun um, to try and grab it and and shoot Bond with his own gun. Uh, And so Bond does the only thing available to him i suppose quick thinking i must say i'm impressed by it absolutely and and he he gets the fan that's at at the side of the 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 bathtub or near the bathtub uh that's plugged in and running and chucks it in the bath and electrocutes the guy now i say electrocutes what he actually did was um it acted as a switch for a lot of red flashy lights it did indeed (laughs) <laughs> because it was a few years before they managed to get lightning and arcing under control or even in visual effects form.
0: It never occurred to me uh, that, of course, it really does. How do you film that? Because he's really in the bath, mm. and you've got to make that look like a lit-up electric heater, which you do by lighting it up, and that's mm. how did he not be killed sort of thing. It's very yeah. odd. So, um, but we it gives us the first it,
1: it does it does give us the first shocking, yeah, shocking, shocking, shocking. This um, that we're going to murder this accent, Are we absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um,
0: so, shocking, <laughs> well done, <laughs> thanks. So, in the first <laughs> five minutes of film, in fact, not even that, four minutes and 43 seconds, we've got, yeah, uh, we've been introduced to the first, uh, non story related. Pre-credit sequence. Yep, we've got the white tux under the dry suit. We've got yep. the explosion without flinching. Yep, and we've got extreme hatred of women, or, <laughs> or you know, lack <laughs> and of use care of for women, them, and use of women, and the first ever witty comment. It's a quip, isn't it? It's a witty quip. It is. Yes, after killing someone, that's five major James Bond-related things in the first four minutes and forty-six seconds. It's almost as if.
1: It's almost as if it was supposed to be seen by an audience and they said, oh, come to the cinema, see a film. But they forgot to tell them what it was. And so in the first four minutes, 43 seconds, they chucked all that in so that people go, oh, it's a Bond film.